Welcome, everybody, to Spirit Addicts by Sideline Sports Network. We're back to talk a little bit of recruiting for 2023. Uh, we've also got two Thanks special guests uh, from the FSU tr uh, men's track and field team. Um, James Coleman will be joining here shortly as well. We've got uh, quite a bit to talk about tonight. And so everybody um, that might be new to the show, and even if you're not new to the show, the show is brought to you by Game Day Vodka. Um, please go check their website out. They are the official vodka for over um, seven uh, NCAA schools, and they're also the official vodka for eight NFL teams. Um, they, they've got a really good product in the way that they do things. Um, it's really cool because all of it's made in vodka. It's... Um, canned or bottled in vodka. I mean, in America, excuse me. Um, so everything that they do, they put a lot of people to work. Uh, I've got to speak to the owner. I've got to speak to multiple employees. Uh, they absolutely enjoy working for the owner. Um, really great guy. Uh, the coolest part is they tell me um, that Tallahassee second to none on how well they do. So, Everybody, as far as Knoll Country goes, y'all are doing a great job. Um, at this time, I'm going to bring on um, Denzel and Ish. They're going to uh, talk about what's been going on with them with track and field. And Taylor's going to pretty much do that interview. And then after they're done um, and we get to know them better, uh, we will talk about the 2023 class and what's going on in recruiting. So I'm going to go ahead and add them real quick. How's it going, fellas? What's up? How's it going? Hello, y'all. Well, it looks like we got um, we got James in here as well. James, uh, you met Denzel at the uh, tailgate, and Ishmael's right beside him. Uh, Taylor already did a pre- type interview with um, Denzel previous to this. Um, so I'm going to let Taylor pretty much take over the interview. But if there's any questions you want to ask once Taylor is done, um, feel free to chime in after it's over. And um, Go ahead, Taylor. Take it over. Well, I'll, I'll go pretty quick with y'all because I know y'all are very busy athletes and everything. But, Denzel, it was a fantastic interview that we did earlier, and uh, it was a pleasure getting to know you. And I'm also getting to know a little bit more about Ish. So it's a kind of a win-win situation. So very excited for both of y'all this season. Uh, let's go ahead and start off. I heard that y'all had practice recently. How, how's that been so far? Uh, it's been great. We all gained faster. We all gained better. We all seen our progression, and we're all happy and trust and trusting the process. And when, when did y'all's uh, season start? Uh, somewhere around January, January, something like that. Okay, yeah. And I know that we got a lot of, like a variety of audiences that we have so far. And we have some of these high school athletes going and transitioning to college. What kind of words of advice could you kind of give to those people out there that are kind of transferring over from even in Denzel's case, community college from Florida State or from high school to Florida State, kind of that transition, um, coming away from your loved ones, just kind of talking about that experience that y'all had so far. I could say that, like, 
for anybody that's like, if you're in Juco or like this a high school athlete in general, the first thing that you should think about before going to college or any of that, like your grades is the most most important thing. Cause so like when a coach comes to visit your high school, come to see a high school coach, the first thing that coach is gonna ask for is your transcript. And then he's gonna wanna watch you practice. But if your transcript's not it, they're not gonna wanna see you. So I say that the grades is probably the most important thing to get in this position or even get to the next level for JUCO and high school. Yeah, that that's awesome, man. Ish, I asked this question to Denzel a little bit earlier, and he kind of got stumped on it in the, in the pre-show when I was asking him before. But what does it mean to be a Florida State Seminole to you? Me personally, uh, having to uh, being uh, I have I've been to like three schools already, but being mm -hmm. a Seminole to me is like really like a great thing, like just because I. It's a great school, and plus we like a track school. It's a track school for me. It's like all my teammates are actually on the same level I'm at, I'm, I'm at and I'm. It just makes me proud, honestly. Like I'm proud to say that these guys are fast, and we're about to take over. Yeah, and you talked about like the track and field program at Florida State is just championship expectations. You want to get to the highest stage, and you want to continue to be there. What kind of going into this season? What are kind of your goals and expectations that you go through throughout the season for this year? Uh, breaking every record because we we all got the potential to break the one hundred meter. Uh, we we got we just got a great spring group. We could break the one hundred, the two hundred, the four by one, the four hundred meters. We are able to just be great all over the sprint side. Yeah. And outside of track and field, I asked this with Denzel earlier, what are some of the stuff that you like to do? Like, do you like to hang around with friends and family, go eating places, you know, doing different things? What What are some of the favorite things that you like to do? Uh, on my free time, I just put an effort on because most of the time I'd be tired from workout. So yeah. most of my free time is just relaxing, things like going out to eat, going to the movies, yeah. uh, Stuff like that. Treatment is fun for me, too. <laughs> so you said you watch Netflix. I'm assuming you probably watched the Jeffrey Dahmer series. and Oh, I'm, 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 I, couldn't stay, I couldn't stick to it. Yeah. It's, it's just not me. I've I seen a lot of crazy stuff. That's right? so <laughs> crazy, man. Is there any specific shows that you like to watch? Uh, Just uh, thriller stuff because it's my attention span is really small, so I like to... So just really thriller, thriller movies and thriller shows, some to keep my mind up for things. Yeah. And I'll kind of move into like the school aspect. Like what are you trying to, because I know you're an upperclassman at this point. What what are you trying to major in? Like what what is your goals in life? I know you probably want to go to a professional level because you are an athlete. You are a successful athlete at that. Um, what is your major in everything in school? Uh, my major was accounting, but I recently changed it to social study and okay. concentration in econ economics. But as far as uh, I'm just honestly at this point, I'm just trying to get my degree. Like I'm, I'm already there, so I'm trying obviously trying to get my degree, and I'm going to get my degree. But as far as what I'm trying to do with my life, I'm honestly trying to go pro. And and if that don't work out, if anything, I still got a degree to fall back on. So. 
and I'm into real estate. So I plan on kind of using my degree and what I know about money and kind of invest and, you know, make it, take it to, uh, have it to my advantage. And so I'll ask you this question and I didn't get to ask you this because we, we weren't, we didn't officially get to meet with Ishmael earlier. Um, talk about your relationship with him. Like when he, when he both joined the team and y'all joined together, like y'all's relationship together and how y'all plan to kind of move forward in, in some of y'all's goals this season. Oh man. So it was like coach, coach came to me or he came to me like, I got somebody for you. And I was like, who? And he showed me a dude from Laura. I'm like, who that is? So I, so I looked, I looked him up on Instagram, whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. He, he built like me. He, he, he's six foot two long. He got long stride. And then when he came out here, I like, I met him, uh, I met him like at the moor or something. I was like, you that dude from uh, New Orleans. Like, I, I was like, you Ishmael. He was like, yeah, you Zell. He was like, nah, you felt like, oh yeah, we about to work. So like, like right when we see each other, like I told him what it was. He told me what it was. Like, and we've been on the same page, like ever since then, like, on the way heading to practice in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning. Hey, let's go get this work in every day. You know what I'm saying? We be bumping out in the car. So like, I feel like I feel like we got a good relationship uh, as teammates on the track, on the track and off the track. Um, with respect to relationship, so I feel like it's a uh, cool dude. Like it's good teammates. Somebody I definitely want on my on my four by one, and I want to line up within the two hundred and hundred with this year for sure. Yeah, and I'll ask one more question before Chris and James ask everything else. Um, so y'all been through a lot of events and everything with track and field and everything like that. Are there any uh, memorable places that you've been uh, throughout your time using track and field and everything? Like something that you pinpoint and say, wow, you know, I went, went here and it was very exciting and just a great place to visit. Uh, I say my first time being to Eugene, Oregon. I went like I went as a Jugo athlete mm-hmm. and my coach is like, you made the cut. So I was like, all right, we're going to Eugene. So I got to run Olympic trials my freshman year of college. And I think it was like me and like two other Jugo boys that were out there. So, like, just being out there, like, because, like, you run Juco, so we don't even get no camera time. Like, if it's a camera, it's a camera in the press box that follows you around the track. So, like, they, they're they calling your name. They got lights. The track's all lit up. And, like, just, like, seeing that whole experience, first person lined up against all the big dogs, like, all right, yeah, I'm here. So, I did, I've been I mean, just working ever since we got, ever since we left there. So, I can say that's probably, like, one of my favorite experiences so far. Awesome. I'll um I'll rebuttal with um do you guys feel like this track and field team is gonna be a national contender? Without a doubt. Definitely. Without a doubt. I feel like we gonna I mean, win we, it all we, from the sprint side. We, we, we got we got we got fourth place last year. And I mean I mean we're 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 gonna we're gonna definitely do better than that. And, and another thing, like, um, I know James knows y'all's coach really well. Um, speak a little bit on your coach. How is y'all's relationship? Man. Coach Rick? I just man, that's, the best, that's the best coach, like, ever. He hard, like, Coach Rick don't play. Like, you don't want to piss that man off. But, like, he care about he care about us on and off the track as athletes, as humans, as people, as students. He respects us. And he really, I mean – it's all love for at the end of the day, but he really be making us put that work in. I, I, I can say I love my coach. Yeah, for real. Coach, coach Rick is about the best coach. It's like you could talk to him about 
anything. anything. It's like, but at the same time, when it's time to work, it's like it's time you go. can't tell him nothing at that point. It's like <laughs> he like so cool, but at the same time, like he helps you get your work in. Yeah, you so he like he is great. That's honestly, I trust him with all my. You feel yeah. me? Like, yeah. I I'm, knew sure, I'm trusting the process. I knew sure. it was like I, I met I met Coach Rick when I uh, he came out to JUCO and like he didn't even tell me that he was coming on a visit to Barton, and he just popped up and my coach is like, uh, "Florida State here, Coach uh, Coach Argos here." I'm like, "Who is that?" I, I never talked to the man, and like I seen him when I was president track and he came in. I went to talk to him in the office and like ten minutes later, I'm like, "Oh yeah, you that guy?" Mm-hmm. I, I I mess with you, dog. Like yeah, and like. So I ended up canceling like a whole like I was supposed to go to Texas A and then that week. I told them, I was like, nah, forget that I I can't come and <laughs> headed over to here and I was like, Yeah, that's this this gonna be home for, for a little bit. We're gonna get it done. Even after I go pro, I plan on coming back to country. Like that's how much I trust them and like, all that stuff. That's awesome. James, you I was gonna ask I was gonna ask what it's like. Running for Rick for somebody who's done it, but I think oh, don't get me wrong, it's all fun, but you definitely gotta be a dog to to run for country. I can't, you can't, you you can't be soft. Like I ain't gonna, I can say that. I can say like Coach Rick recruits a a a specific type that type. Yeah, you you gotta be mentally strong and be ready for anything when it comes to putting work. Like you can't be yeah. You can't, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you're doing it for yourself, and he can't. He can't do the work for you, but he's gonna make sure you. He's gonna done. make sure you get. He's gonna make sure you get at least a good seventy in the the rest of the thirty. That's all on you, and that's why I like about him. What would you say was different about your JUCO experience with that coach? It's not that you're knocking coaches, but what was the difference in? the coaching style from where you came from, even if it was high school, to Coach Rico, what's the difference? I can say Coach Coach Edgerton, Coach E, had, he had Texas State right now, but he was uh, – that was my Juco coach. And Coach, coach E had coach too. Like, I'm not going to lie, Coach E that coach too. Like, he got me right. I can say that just the only difference is being in Juco, you don't have a lot of resources. So, like, we don't have a beautiful weight room. We don't have a 1080. We don't have a Nortex machine. We don't have – massage therapist coming in so like I can say that honestly that's why I am here because coach Rick fit the same coaching style as my Juco coach they were both like like coach like if you run for coach you you know you're gonna get that dog working like and that like anybody that if that's your coach you're gonna get it he don't care how you feel like any of that he the same way cut though he was getting up 5 a.m for ways he didn't play you show up late you out of here you know what i'm saying you can't come, don't come back the whole week kind of thing sitting in your dorm and study <laughs> so like like that's really how like like that's really how coach he was like he didn't he didn't care like he would like i'm talking like man i ain't gonna talk but like it's all tough love though yeah it's like us, i think like, we, we are grown we are grown kids like ain't no babysitting so that's the type of coach you want you, you don't want no coach that lets you do whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, no, yeah. no. You want a coach that want to make you a better person and all that stuff. All around. Not just on the track, but off the track, too. My question, and then, you know, I'll let anybody else finish up, is um, you guys you guys obviously are getting – you chose Florida State for a variety of different reasons for your on-the-field um, or on-the-track type of things. But 
what is it that and you're going to give us championships you're going to give us at least championship effort i have no doubt between you guys and coach ricky but what are you expect what do you want to achieve or what do you want from out of your florida state experience and what do you guys plan on doing um when you have to hang up the spikes um really at the end of the day i, I know i want to be i want to be an olympian i want to be world champion i, I want to go pro i want to own businesses but at the end of the day it's about it's about i mean really getting making it to the top to me it's about making it to the top and that's financially and as a person so like i want to i want to be able to have enough money so i don't have to worry about anything work hard while i'm young and let my money work for itself but and really that's it like i plan on after track i plan on running being an entrepreneur running my own businesses and I mean, that's going to generate enough money, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be good. I want to be comfortable. I don't got to be a millionaire, but I don't want to be a bum neither. <laughs> you me, know? me personally, uh, I want to get a degree from Florida State and also uses the resource Florida State got uh, yeah. to my advantage. Like, uh, it would definitely be easier going pro from Florida State than from a small D1 school in new orleans i was at so i hope to kind of use these resources to my advantage and go pro like they sent a trade pro last year so is that one of the reasons i came here like make a workout have a plan for me in order to make it to the next level because that's my ultimate goal and i'm already one foot out the door so yeah that's awesome so obviously y'all have a lot of respect for your your coach you seem to have extreme pride for the for the university itself. Y'all were the colors proud. Every time I've seen e each and every one of you, most of the time it's you got something for the state going. And it might be the fact that I catch y'all going in or coming out of practice, but um, it seems like y'all represent the university very well. You yes, you enjoy the process of what y'all are learning. That's that's obviously great. Um, what is it that you want to change about? the experience for the youth below you. Maybe there's something that you can speak on or that you can do in your career that could make it easier for the young men and women coming up after you. Is there anything in particular you would like to see changed to help certain recruits maybe? Um, anything to that nature? I would just say, like, most younger athletes just kind of, don't pay attention to school like they're just so locked in on the sport that they don't pay attention to the outside uh, factors i would just say like uh work as hard as uh work as hard outside your sport as you do with your sport and i feel like that will help you make you a great person overall and just help you save so much time like you don't you don't want to worry about credits and all the children all the little stuff that don't matter while you're in college why, when you could be taking care of that in high school or by just simply doing what you're supposed to. So yeah. I just say just do what you're supposed to and try to <laughs> stay out the way, like, and just lock I, in. And I build off that. I think that, like, for, like, a lot of athletes, I feel like for a lot of the youth, they don't have a support system. They might have a support system at school or, like, in certain places, but they don't have a support system with them. 20 like all the time like and that's what and that's really what you need so like i just say having people around you that are that are supportive on the same track as you like all right that's why that's why me and him 
you see, if you go see S, you're going to see me be somewhere because, I mean, we got the same goal. We study the same, we, we in the same major. We got press at the same time. Like, we, we like the, so it works. We hold each other accountable. So just having somebody there accountable and being around people that are going to hold you accountable, not people that are going to let you go on the, go on the other side and, you know, oh, it's all right. It's all right, bro. Come, come. Nah, somebody's going to tell you, you, you ain't doing right right now. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I feel like just surrounding yourself by people that are going to hold you accountable. Really. I, I love you. both of the answers. They, they go hand in hand with each other. Yeah. So it, it this is the thing that we get to see from the outside when y'all speak on this or when you're you're talking about the sport and training. Y'all have one mindset. It's, it's, it's great to hear because that's where champions come from. They've all got the same mindset. They hold each other accountable. Y'all brought up all the key points. And you're not even trying to. It's just your second nature. So that's really, it's really good for us to hear as a fan base. But it's even better to see what type of young men you're going to end up being. Because if you hold that, that same, you want accountability, you expect to make it to the top because of how hard you will work and you put in the work. That means you're going to do it outside of the sport. You're not just going to do it in the sport. So as a young man, you will continue to push and hold yourself accountable. And hold your brothers accountable. So it's it's really amazing to hear, guys. I really appreciate y'all coming on. Um, let everybody know where they can follow you at, and we'll let y'all go. And we're going to get into talking about some recruiting. But let everybody know where they can at least follow you at. Oh, y'all can follow me on Instagram at that guy underscore Ismail I S M A E L. Not hard to find. Y'all can follow me on. Uh, Instagram is zellyzell, zelly.zell. And then uh, you can follow my TikTok. It's the boys. So. And yeah. if you want to uh, keep up with track videos, I post a lot of track contents and every day. track stuff, try to help the younger athletes. So awesome. That's uh, awesome. We'll, we'll definitely have you. We'll have both of you on um, again for sure uh, when we get closer to the season. And then we would probably like to get some updates during the season to see how y'all are progressing. Um, and one more question, um, for both of you, I know that it hasn't really got started all the way together, but Denzel, you got to come to the, um, tailgate for the Clemson game and you got to meet a couple of people. What was it like being able to sign your first autograph? Um, it was, it was cool. I was just like, oh, you know, I run track. That's cool. You only see it, like, with usually, like, football players or, like, hoopers or something. So, like, it was just different. So, like, okay, they pay attention to our sport. I remember there was a guy that actually came up to the track, and he named, like, our – it was a, a it was an older guy, and he was like, are you uh, the transfer from it, New Orleans and we got a dude from Barton? Uh, he, he named, like, where he named where everybody – I'm like, dang, bro, like, you pay attention to track? So, like, it's just cool to see that we have people that come out and support – support track, track and field as well and support other athletes. I thought that was pretty cool. And then also as well, just networking with a lot of their other alumni from Florida State. I feel like that's going to be a, that's going to be awesome when I'm alumni from Florida State to networking. So just networking with them at a younger age is this, uh, it was a good experience. Awesome. Well, guys, we appreciate y'all coming on and we'll definitely have you back on uh, as soon as you would like to be, but no later than the beginning of the season. Uh, y'all have a good one and go Noles. Yes, yeah, sir. Go Noles. Thank you for having us. Have a good one. Well, 
I don't know if all the fans that are paying attention that watch the show, that listen to the show, we've had multiple football players on. We've had uh, we've had Mikhail on from the softball team. We've had, you know, a, a, def- a decent variety of athletes that are here at Florida State come on the show, speak on who they are, speak on what they're about. And it seems like this university is helping mold some extremely extraordinary young men and women. Seems like they're doing a great job. Uh, obviously, there's always room for improvement. The university has plenty of places that it can improve in. But if we're going to critique what they're not doing, we have to give them <laughs> how to. We have to give them the right amount of respect and acknowledgement on the things that they're doing correct. So I give them a huge kudos to how all these young men and women are holding each other accountable, holding themselves accountable. And you hear each and every one of them say it's as important, if not more important to what you do in the classroom as what you do in your own sport. So it's amazing to hear that we're going to, we're going to move on a little bit to the 2023 class. Um, We, I had seen, you know, where this particular young man supposedly started rooting for Clemson and, um, he, he wasn't about Florida State, and he said the visit was awful, whatever. I personally didn't hear the young man say it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he didn't. I'm just saying I didn't hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, what I will say is that I met up with quite a few of them after the game, and quite a few of them were extremely excited about this team. They were extremely excited about the coaching staff. They were more impressed with how the team continued to fight when they were down in the fourth quarter, they never gave up. They were trying to make a comeback. They trusted the process. They trusted the play calls from their coaches. They trusted each other. They were holding each other accountable at the same time. That was the words that were coming from the recruits that I got to speak to. And two of them told me that you would be absolutely crazy as a recruit in football if you did not consider Florida State to be in one of your top schools due to the atmosphere and the culture that is in that locker room that they have got to experience themselves. So I personally am going to listen to the majority and the majority said that was a badass game to be at. That's a badass team to be around and it's a badass coaching staff to want to play for. So I'm not going to listen to if there was one guy that said we, whatever, like we're not, we're not something for everybody. So if he doesn't want to be here, that's up to him. But, Taylor, you can comment on that a little bit. Yeah. But bring up something about the 2023 class uh, that not, – not that anybody would know it, but maybe something that uh, need to be rekindled and heard again. I will say this um, with Zachariah Owens. He's an offensive uh, tackle from Clemson, four-star. Um, he decommitted from Clemson because of going to the Florida State visit. They have a policy in, in, in place at their recruiting place where Dabo does not allow recruits to visit other campuses while they are committed. And that is a good thing because you are being able to be a commit. They want you to be firm. They want you to do everything that you can in there. They don't offer kids just to offer. And this is a non-committable offer and a committable offer. We talked about this last time with the wide receiver over there from the Texas area. And unfortunately, he was able to get a non-committable offer. Stuff happened on social media. Coaches started blasting off. And next thing you know, there was a lot of fans that were kind of questioning some things that were going on. 
Uh, with Zachariah Owens, this is a guy that they, is, is a committable offer. No, no shots or anything there. There was a Clemson post that came out on a Clemson site. Uh, I think it was the 247 page with Anna Hickey. And there was a situation there where she had documented that he was kind of frustrated with the whole process there. He was cheering for Clemson. And, of course, him being a Clemson commit, that is true. Um, but you also have to understand, too, that him being bored out of his mind at a visit is not true. And I've spoke to mo- multiple sources about that as well. They were actually beside him, actually two rows up from him, and he was actually just enjoying the game. He was smiling, having a good time. There was Florida State assistance all around him at that point. Like I said, there is a lot of good things to bring out of this thing, and you can't really just excuse it to saying, well, he's just bored and, and stuff like that going on. I think that was bad media in terms of that, but – that's beyond the point. Uh, it's it's great the kid committed to Clemson and went back and understood that that was where he wanted to be, and that's just how it's going to end up being. But uh, he actually went to high school with uh, Bryson Essence. He went to the same school as him. So there is a lot of connections there, but unfortunately, like I said, there just wasn't enough in there. And unfortunately, Florida State was down 20 points at the end of the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter, and eventually we made that comeback at the end to make it closer than what it seemed. So – Overall, I don't think you need to base everything off of a big recruiting weekend just for that. There actually are some positive developments, though. Reuben Bain, for example. Everybody thought he was a Miami lock, and he may still be. His his brother actually is a coach over there. He's an assistant, um, and everybody kind of pegged him to be a Miami uh, commit at this point. He's not a Miami commit. He hasn't committed anywhere. Uh, he did go to Crystal Ball to Auburn when he visited there a couple weeks ago. There was kind of a little bit of traction Auburn's been pushing really, really hard in that commitment, but their coaching staff is up in the air. Their season is not going how you want it to go, and now you're looking at Alabama. He's going to be visiting there in a couple weeks. Uh, Florida State's still trying to get that, get that official visit, and he's definitely going to get one. He's got a really close relationship with Ryan Barto, and all, all I got to say is do not doubt out Reuben Bain to Florida State. And I also will also um, kind of comment on another South Florida knoll. uh, potentially with Damari Brown, the four-star defensive back. This is another guy where Florida State has really got themselves in the driver's seat and everybody's talking about Miami, Miami, Miami. But if Florida State beats Miami and Miami goes down the drain a little bit with their season, I'm just telling you both of these South Florida kids are going to be Knowles. James, what are your your thoughts on the 2023 class? Uh, You know, in the Discord – both of us have been getting asked quite a bit about who and what quarterbacks are we going after. And we've also been getting asked, uh, do we have any potential of getting a quarterback this class? Um, you don't have to speak on the quarterbacks names or nothing, but I've tried to, I've tried to allow people to know that we were definitely after quarterbacks. Like it's not a secret and that there are interests. It's not like it's quiet and nobody wants to come to Florida state. There's definite interest there. Um, so give the fans something to ease their mind, maybe. Let them know that we are actually recruiting um, all positions and we're not uh, we're not roadkill out here. We're, we're actually doing something. Right. I think part of the – one of the, the downsides of, to, you know, such a great – actually had a guy ask me, has the fan base always been this crazy? And I'm like, yes. Um it's we get caught up in activity, um, you know. So like Miami, oh Miami's there. oh we're the our nil must be our nil sucks because they got this lion ass Cuban down there, John Ruiz saying they're giving people Brinks trucks. Well, we must not have any money. 
And then I'm like, well, just because, you know, you don't, the more you talk about it, the more you have to actually prove like, and if it's one person, one person can be taken down a lot easier than a conglomerate or multiple ones. And I told people, just tell me what you think guys are getting, because if you know what they're getting, then, um, then great. I can snitch because now we have a paper trail. Same thing with the people who used to always say, oh, I know Alabama's giving these guys um, cars, and I know this kid. I know for a fact this kid got 100000 And I would tell them, you do realize in the state of Florida it's illegal to do that. And if you just know this, you can actually be brought in for questioning and to, to prove this crime that you are saying is committed. But just because we don't have the news and we don't have the action doesn't mean it's not – when you look at who actually attended this Clemson game, you have Baxter, who um, Mike Norvell just took the chopper to go see. And he's having to reaffirm his commitment to Texas, which if a player has to reaffirm their commitment, that lets you know that people are worried about Florida State on the trail because there's opportunities to play um, at every position. And it's an excitement. And you can, though the last three games we haven't been able to finish, or play the type of brand that we want to play. You can see what Florida State offensively wants to be when they're clicking. You can see defensively what they want to be when it's clicking. On top of that, from a defensive standpoint, you know that no matter what happens, you have an opportunity to go get drafted, to go make some money. Now, where is the class ranked? We're ranked 16th right now with, um, with only 16 commitments. You'll probably take 21 high school kids and you'll probably leave the rest in the portal if you add even if you add four three stars the likelihood of you finishing with a probably top 12 class is very very high right now but you're probably going to grab a four star that you're still in contention contention with i believe we're going to get chester or um mm -hmm. and, and that's why the owens thing doesn't really bother me that much because you're already in it for two other yeah. four-star offensive linemen even if and you also got a uh, Christopher Otto, that's yeah. uh, kind of a you know backup right. playing to what they have right now. Right. So in quarterback situation, there's quarterbacks that they recruited heavily um, that are committed other places that are still working. And I don't want to get people so just know that they're going after the guys, and if they can't get them, we will get somebody probably in the portal. That's where that that position is like not as dire as it was before because you actually have. Rodemaker that actually took a step, and you have Duffy, and more than likely, as I already said before, I think we win eight games, and I think um, Jordan Travis comes back. Um, whether you like it or not, I think that may – you add another transfer, now your quarterback room is four deep with some stuff there. But you're in it for running backs. You're still going hard after a few wide receivers that you were in it for. Um, again, as I told everybody, wanted Dugan fired a few weeks ago. As I told them, Dugan's is working harder than what you guys – would believe, but across the board, you know, if you can get a Ruben Bain, that's a splash. You got to win games, and that's really where we need to be focused on because the two guys that we compare ourselves to have a cushion and have a security that Mike Norvell doesn't have anymore. They have, they can sell the dream and what it's supposed to look like. So year one numbers don't really matter. I had a Florida fan tell me, I'll take a five and seven season if I can get a top 10 recruiting class to build upon the future, because we knew we weren't going to win a college football playoff this year. Anyway, Miami's got a good 
good thing going. But you know how you can attract that? Because the Hakeem Williams signing, excuse me, commitment has completely changed what the narrative is in South Florida for Florida mm -hmm. State. Florida, to, to quote my source, it's cool to go to Florida State again. And that's what Keem made it. So now there are guys who are looking. I saw Keem. I got a chance to chop it up with him um, on the sideline. And, and Keem's out there recruiting. That's the type. Five-star guys got an opportunity to talk to five-star guys a little bit differently than what a three-star guy can talk to them. But you got to realize that these are classes that are going to get patched together. And the biggest recruiting class that Mike Norvell needs to have is keeping a majority of this team here. And not having seven guys declare to go to the NFL. If you could keep a majority of these guys to play one more season, mm -hmm. to try to leave this, to, to go compete for an ACC championship, with you being one more step closer to Clemson, with you probably, with Wake Forest finally getting rid of their, their doctoral candidates <laughs> and stuff of that nature, you'll have a chance to be able to go and win um, the Atlantic. But actually, the ACC would be in a situation where it's the top two teams go right. on and play for the um for the conference championship. So I think at 16 right now currently you're in mm -hmm. a really really good position. And if you 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 add a couple like and, and just let me just talk about the quality of position. Falk is a really really good edge guy. Simmons is a good good player. Keem Williams is a, is a is a wide receiver that's going to probably come in year 1 and make an immediate impact. Nicholson is a guy that if you get um the Loach and um, and Bethune. I was about to keep calling the Benson, but the Loach and Bethune come back. Now you can weave a, a Nicholson in and let him be able to learn proper reps. I don't know if anybody's been paying attention, but Samson and yeah. and um and uh and Boots, <clears throat> which is Lamont Green Jr., are literally racking up sack numbers. I don't care. Who, as I was talking to Lamont Green Sr., I don't care. Who it's against? I played. I just coached against a guy who's considered one of the best defensive linemen in the nation. He made zero impact, and everybody wants him. Everybody would be like, "We are so happy to have this kid." This kid had zero impact against an offensive line that probably won't have a kid walk on to college. I want to emphasize that. Boots had five and a half sacks last week in a game. I don't care who you're playing. You're playing a deaf and a blind school. That's a lot of sacks, man. And that's not even that, not even talking about the havoc that he caused. I got a chance to see Sam Singleton live. I want him. I'm glad he's here. That boy can scoot. As I say, he can skedaddle. Um, it's just some guys on this list that we have. So, that James, I got a question for you. So, you said something about seeing Sam Singleton live. You, right. know, you, you saw him. And Florida State's got a great running back in its core. Now, you got the three-headed monster with Ward, you know, Toa Philly, and also um, Kenny Yeah. And also, you think about that. And then you got Rodney Hill that's on the side there. You got Josiah Holmes that's a walk-on. So, you got six running backs there, and you're still going after a guy like Baxter. You're still even kind of pushing the door to Michael Mitchell right now. You're still kind of figuring out what's going on with that. Is it really a necessary – you know, like a necessary thing to go after another running back in this class? Or do you think if we just got Singleton and you got six scholarship running backs on the roster, plus you got a Burrell that's kind of expendable and Douglas that can kind of play that running back position if you need to, is it really necessary? 
No, I think right now, I think a lot of these positions that we're recruiting at right now, anything else that you get on top of this is icing on the cake, um, considering what you have returning on, from a depth perception. Um, you know, Ward was going to leave, but he's probably coming back due to the injury. I doubt he goes, you know, forward with that. Um, Benson is is good. You know he's coming back. Um, you know, Toafili, again, all, like you just said, these guys that are your starters are coming back with Hill. If you can get another running back, that's just adding spoils to the treasure. You should. You get you right now, you're going big game hunting. Yep. If you get another offensive lineman, it needs to be a four star better, a high ranked guy. Um, if it's if you you know if you if you're able to get another in, it needs to be or, or D lineman, it needs to be a high ranked guy. The only people that I believe that they should be going for right now are guys that can literally come in and play right away. And, and a kid that I'm going to have to see that I don't want to see is a kid named Darren Lawrence that nobody talks about. Mm-hmm. I got. I probably gonna have to coach against him in the playoffs. I don't want to see him because I saw a yeah. highlight film, and we got two four-star corners. I don't want no parts of it. So, like, but my thing is, is just you go for guys that are going to play immediately, or mm-hmm. you're good with what you have, and you go for guys in the portal who are going to give you some much-needed depth asap. So, again, you're trying to figure out how to get better immediately, and now if you do what you need to do this class. It helps jumpstart your 24 and 25, which if you look at the state of Florida, like with the wide receiver position, which I luckily, and I'm telling you if I'm talking too much, cut me off, but I um I have a firsthand driver's seat of what a what a top wide receiver in the 2025 class looks like. I see it every day. But you you have a good you have a good chance to get that kid. There is a a run, you have the number one running back in the nation already committed for your next year's class with your quarterback for next year's class with another with quarterbacks in 25 that want to come you've got the momentum that you need and to see fans go from stars don't matter which is true but it's not it is true but it's not true systems matter more than stars but that doesn't mean just because I can make a mean steak, it doesn't mean I don't want Kobe, Kobe beef. I'll take the Walmart USDA stuff, but if I can get some of that that prime prime and cook the same meal, I'm going to do it. And I think that's kind of where we got to go from. Right now, we've got really good pieces. You only add quality value or guys that you believe are going to come in day one and start. There is no need to add guys that you just are taking a gamble on um, or guys that you're going to have to, you're going to have to force fit the culture because that's what Mike Norvell is still trying to get. You're still trying to get rid of those guys who are me first. Mm-hmm. And you're still trying to get guys that are buying into the system. And I think that's when he had that in Memphis, that's why you're able, especially at running back position. That's why you were able to have so many guys be able to go to the NFL off of a roster. Right. Well, Taylor, I'm going to ask you this question um, because it's being asked. I mean, it's nonstop. Everybody's worried about the quarterback position. That's what everybody cares about. Mm-hmm. The guy, There's a gentleman that is committed to Kansas. There's a gentleman that's committed to Miami. There's a gentleman that's committed to LSU. Mm-hmm. Out of all three of those gentlemen, do you think we have a chance or a better chance with one more than the other two? Uh, mostly Avery Johnson. Uh, just because of the relationships that he's built, 
while it was a Dillingham relationship in the beginning, I think Mike Norvell kind of understands where he is as a quarterback. And Kansas State is a really good program. But the problem is, is you know, he is from around that area. So that's going to be kind of a, a breaking point, I guess you could say. He is from the Kansas area. So you're kind of figuring out everything that's going on. The easier part would go for an Emory Williams over there uh, from Milton, Florida. That can be an easy get, uh, specifically because Miami already has a quarterback committed to their class as it is, and their season is kind of going down the drain a little bit. They're more of a run-happy offense, uh, don't really have a lot of quality receivers. There's a lot of different things that you can go at with the Miami route, especially if you beat them at that point. I think Florida State's really taken a slow approach. They've only offered 10 quarterback prospects this class, and I think they're being really selective. Because at the end of the day, if you get Jordan Travis back and you, you're able to get him a, a bigger NIL deal and being able to stay in college for another year and make it worth his wild um, and kind of furthering his development and hopefully getting him to that third, fourth round draft pick that he hopes to get to, um, that could be a situation where he can come back and be able to get on a more experienced team. The problem is that you're coming in as a quarterback where you're probably going to be losing Demetri Emanuel and you're going to be losing Dylan Gibbons. So those are two guards that you're going to be losing – Jazz Turrentine, of course, was supposed to be a reserve this past season, but like I said, he's your starting right tackle as of right now. You know, you're trying to find ways to be efficient on offense, and when you're losing those type of offensive linemen, you're going to have to be able to come in and, and get some of those guys back, and you're going to have to want to get that protection. So a lot of times with these recruits, you know, you're coming in like like James was talking about, you're having an A.J. Duffy, you're having a Tate Rodemaker, you're having Geno English, and you're having those guys that are being successful. They are young. But can they develop and take that next step? And I think Florida State's going to go to that approach where they're going to get one high schooler and they're probably going to get one transfer as well. Um, a Luke Altmaier could be a situation there because he is not a starter at Ole Miss. They are a run-heavy offense. They brought in a Jackson Dart that's actually the same grade as he is. And I think it was kind of a spit in the face to Altmaier at that point because you have a system that you thought was going to be pretty comfortable for him. You were promised a lot of things going into Ole Miss, your hometown school, and then all of a sudden it just comes crashing down on you. You're not, you're not even playing at that point. So a lot of times where you're going to be able to go back in the transfer portal, play for a coach that you've had that relationship with and have a solid foundation with, while it may not be the same offense coordinator, you still have the same coach that's calling the plays to be able to make you successful. So I think that could be a situation, not saying what Altmaier could or couldn't do because he can make his own decision and you know he may not even end up transferring. But I do think that Florida State sits in a really good spot with quarterbacks, even though a lot of fans aren't really thinking about it. I think they're going to be offering some more guys, and I think you're going to see a late bloomer come into the picture a little bit later on that maybe you're not even talking about right now. Well, I got two quick things. Um, one, I'm going to talk about who I'm most excited to see coming in the 2023 class, one on offense, one on defense. And that's as of right now what we've got in the class. This was, this was extremely hard for me to decide. Um, but I was asked by a few fans to, to decide, so I'm doing so. On defense, I'm most excited to see Boots. Laymont Green Jr. is going to be extremely special at Florida State. And that's that's just – like James said earlier, five and a half sacks in the game. And I agree. I don't care if you are playing the deaf and blind. That's a lot of sacks. Um, on offense, as of right now, the 2023 class, this was – Extremely hard for me to decide, but I went ahead and went with Hakeem Williams. Because of his ability in high school, because he looks like a man amongst boys, because he makes plays 
where he is mossing people nonstop or he is completely juking people out of their cleats. The young man's special already, not even talking about – he hasn't even gotten the training from, you know, a college coach. He hasn't gotten to be around that type of talent that's already at Florida State, like the Micah Pittmans and the even the Malik, the Malik McLean. He's doing better. Malik's not where we want him to be, but he is getting better. Uh, I think he did decent against Clemson. Uh, I think he did decent against NC State. He became a hell of a better blocker. I think that we're going to have Jordan Travis return. Um, and, y'all, I'm not going off on a tangent. I'm answering this as it was asked. I think Jordan Travis is going to return based off of if he was to enter the draft, I don't think he would be picked up. If he enters the draft this year, he hasn't done enough. What well, a quarterback class. <laughs> right. It, with the quarterback class that's coming, I, I just don't see him being picked up. So I think that, that we do get JT to return um, for another year, which would be great for Florida State. Um, I was asked this question for all of us to answer. Um, James, you can answer to it first and then Taylor. But someone asked me, who is the bigger deal or the better catch, Travis Hunter or Camardi? Which one's the better? Which one's the better recruit? Or who? Camardi, I believe, is who they're talking about. That's all that was oh, wrote. Cormani McLean? Cormani. Got it. Yeah, oh, okay. I okay. was very confused. I was like, gosh. All right. I was about so, to say, yeah, I'm reading it exactly how it was wrote. I, was about to say, I thought you were talking about AJ um, Antonio Cromartie Jr. I was about to say, yeah. man, you know, I got to go with AJ. Yeah. That's a 2025 kid. Yeah. Um, I'm beyond, I, I think that's the, I guess, five stars. That's why you're comparing them. But um, to be honest with you, I think um, Azariah is the bigger, is the better corner than what Travis Hunter would have been at corner. Travis Hunter at wide would probably playing wide receiver this year, and I do think that makes him a bigger miss because when you look at Winston Wright and what he was supposed to be to this offense, you you're you're really you're severely missing a playmaker. That's just that's uh, excuse me a sudden playmaker. Not right. that Johnny isn't a playmaker. Not that um, uh, Michael Pittman or those guys haven't done anything. But they're not guys that are going to uh, immediately make somebody. And it's just the way Travis Hunter is built with this fast switch. He is. If you watch him play seven on seven, forget what he did at DB. Look at the catches that he made and look at how quick he was getting on top of people with his routes. Cormani McLean still is trying to figure out a way. To um to break, to, he's still trying to figure out ways to impact this Florida State team um in a way that makes us all remember. So I would say Travis Hunter. Uh, I keep looking to my right because uh, Georgia Tech is currently losing to Virginia seven to six right now, and that game is absolutely disgusting. Um, but yeah, I think Florida State um uh, with the with the prospects that are at hand, the comparison. I definitely think that uh, Kamari McClain is a talented cornerback. He really is. He's got tremendous ball skills. Um, but when you look at Travis Hunter, I think that's a situation where James said it. I mean, he's a do-it-all star at this point. And really, I think he's you know more of a receiver, like James was talking about also, and I think he's just more dynamic. Um, in terms of just overall prospects, you know, Travis Hunter was the number one prospect in the country. That that's no shame to McLean because I do think he's a talented prospect. I think he was better last year than he is this year. 
Um, but I do think Azaret Thomas and Kamani McLean will be a better comparison compared to that because I think they are equal in terms of skill set. Um, but like I said, I don't know if he's quite ready to make that jump on the offensive side of the ball, plus being able to kick off return efficiently. I think a lot of his was just backyard football type of kickoff returns that you really just couldn't teach. Now, of course, Florida State's not really in it. A lot of people are saying, well, he's following this account and Florida State football and stuff. But I don't really base it off of anything on that. But I do know that Florida State has still maintained communication, but they really haven't been in the mix for him because he just really isn't that interested anymore. The way that I'm going to answer it is, is I don't care. Yeah. Neither one of them, in my opinion, will be at Florida State. Exactly. Obviously, one of them's for sure. The other one's probable not to happen. So uh, I'm going to worry about the gentlemen that are that are more probable and already here. Azariah is already here, guys. I I don't. I think for some reason Azariah went under the radar because of all the hype mm-hmm. of not just um, Travis, but Sam McCall. Sam McCall within you know coming out of high school that was a big deal. I mean I know because we made an edit of the two together that both of them shared on their Twitter that probably put Spiratic somewhat on the map because it was all over Twitter it was all over two four seven War Chant was sharing it blah blah blah. So I think Azariah got lost in the mix to be completely honest, and then he comes into the spring ball, and then he goes into summer, then he goes into fall. And the kid was a turnover machine. Mm-hmm. And then when he's been on the field this year, I don't think he's been targeted. I think he's pretty much covered someone like whomever it is, like a blanket. So I think the young man was lost into, you know, all the hype around the other ones. But I personally think we have a great chance at the gentleman that is already committed to Kansas State and quarterback. I think we have a great opportunity with him. Uh, I'm not stating that's who we're after the most or whatever, but I think that we have a good shot with him at coming to Florida State as a quarterback. Um, I, I'm also with Taylor and James on this. I, I honestly think that we we talked JT in the stand, and you could see, like the gentleman from uh, Ole Miss, I could see that transfer coming to Florida State. Um, and he is a good – he would be a good transfer. That's not knocking JT or anybody that's already here and AJ or or even Rodemaker because of what Rodemaker came and did against Louisville. But if there's one room you don't want to have no depth at or have minimal <laughs> depth at, that's the quarterback room. Mm-hmm. Like last year when JT went down, everybody – it's the oh shit moment. Oh, no. What are we going to do now? Even though we had McKenzie Milk, we were still because we had seen what McKenzie could do. It wasn't that great, so we every time JT went down, even if it was on a a pushover sack, everybody's like, "Is he getting up? Is he getting up?" Everybody's on the edge of their seat. Oh shit, is he hurt? So I think that we need to bring in that type of depth to the quarterback room. I think we have that depth with if we just bring on that one running back that's on the twenty twenty three. Class, I personally am and with James on this. I think you keep adding ice into the cake, but we're not in harm's way by no means if we don't get anybody else. But 
you want the most depth that you can get. We need to start looking more like the old Florida State teams. I'm not going to compare it to the Alabama, the Georgia, and even the Tennessee right now on what depth that they have. I'm going to I'm gonna match that with 2013 Florida State. We need that type of depth. Well, you look at it also, and Alabama, as good of the team as they are, when Milrow came in for Bryce Young, you saw what happened. Uh, he was not a very accurate quarterback, and he was utilizing his legs, and it was a definite drop-off. And a lot of fans were talking about, well, if we get a second-string quarterback, he's going to come in and be competent, just like in Alabama or Tennessee. If Hendon Tucker is taken off of Tennessee at this point, I don't really think you're going to have the same offensive production, not even close. Uh, this is a very good offense, and there are some very good offenses that are dictated by a lot of good quarterbacks. And when you're taking those good quarterbacks off of that, you look at Alabama. Without Bryce Young, I don't know if they're going to be a, a three-loss team, four-loss team. I mean, they, Bryce Young is Alabama at this point. And you just really have to factor it in, and that's just how the quarterback position is. You need to have quality depth. You can't let it drop off as much as you want to but you need to have something in place if injuries do happen because they do occur. Yep, absolutely. Uh, James, uh, touch touch on it a little bit and then uh, let no, let people know where they can find you. I've got three minutes left and i got to get out some stuff about next week. Oh, oh no, nah, it's basically it's the reason why you're started, your starters are your starters. Um, same thing in the interior. The D-tackle position went from being our strongest to one of our weakest because you kept losing bodies. You can't, like, until you become old school, you can't just keep losing depth like that. It, it hurts in practice. It hurts your reps. It hurts all around. So, um, you know, what you need to do is get people back, add quality pieces, and then and then kind of grow from there. And you'll get, you'll get there faster than what you ever thought you would get. Um, follow me at Big Game James underscore 36 at Sports Den underscore live. We have um, our three-day-a-week. probably get more content later this year going into 2023 as more deals pop up. But um, we do all sports and whatever's the topic of the day. We'll probably break down – I think Miami has a game this week. So we'll break down Miami, Jags, and talk about the games that are being played right now. We're doing a ticket drive um, for the Georgia Tech game. If you could go check us out on the pin suite, we'll probably have – the um, Venmo, Cash App, or any kind of way to get a vote. It's $30 a ticket. Um, right now, we've got about 60 tickets raised. Enough for 60 tickets raised. The goal is to get 100. So, um, you know, we're going to put some kids. And then I got a special kid um, that I like. I want to give a shout-out to Jaden. Jaden had all Fs um, and is on his progress report. Um, he's about to get kicked out of school, too, for his behavior. Completely did a 180. Um, we talked to him, chopped him up. And, again, that's what the MFTK Foundation, outside of the jokes, is about. It's about mentorship and um and teaching kids how to do the right thing. Appreciate it, James. Go Knowles. Yep. Taylor, um, I'm going to get you next time, buddy. I'm sorry. But you no, can you're find good. Taylor you're good. Central or Central Norville on Twitter. Appreciate it, Taylor. Yep. Uh, go Knowles. Go Knowles. Well, everybody, we had a pretty interesting um, night. We had two of probably what will be the best track stars at Florida State. Um, they'll be ranked up there with amongst, you know, some of the greats. We love you all here at Stratus. We love the support. Uh, shout out to all the people that supported the shirt drive and bought shirts. The other one has started. And please support it because it helps the FSU athletes out, not just Spiratics. Um, love all of you guys. Continue to support. Like, retweet, 
rank, whatever it is that you do, wherever you listen to us at. We love y'all and go Noles.